We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, October 17th, and we'll be talking a lot about hockey today. We got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game slate, as well as props and pick'em. Joining me. I know he's excited, especially since you know I'm not a hockey guy, but I am I am a I am a follow the projections guy. Uh, the <laughs> studying game theory type of guy. Uh, it's Tasteful Tides. Tim Buell. The hockey and... season just started. It's a week old. Hit that. Oh, hold yeah. on. Let me make sure that everyone hits that thumbs up button. Right. Right. Tim's on. You got to hit the thumbs up for Tim. Right. Hit the thumbs up. That T for thumbs. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Post your questions in the chat. Because I I probably have some questions also. I've never played. NHL DFS. I can't maybe believe I'm gonna that. Play one I can't I may, believe I, maybe that. Maybe I'm going to play one lineup. I, to be fair, Tim, the past week, I have I have been betting NHL props. I have been doing prize picks a little, and just to show on the screen, if Steve will bring it up, uh, we we have and the DFS projections. I just wanted before we get into like DFS stuff. You can use the DFS projections for sports betting and props and pick them because we have all the statistical projections here. You can download this as a CSV even if you want. And what I do is, I mean, I could download all of this. I could throw this into Excel. I could compare it to the lines and the prices on the sports books and bet accordingly. We make it also easier for you. So we have this, if you have the props and pick them package, we have the prop model which comes from these actual projections. And it will show you, this is not updated yet, right? This is from yesterday because it's 11 in the morning. Yeah, um, the prop model is not updated, but the projections are. We're still updating right. the model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once once the, mod, once the screen gets updated, it will show you basically the edges and the win percentage based on our projections of all the, you know, the mostly you're doing shots and points and 
sometimes assists, sometimes goals, and where the best value is. And the same thing happens on the fantasy pick'em tool for prize picks and underdog. This is obviously from yesterday, but you could go to the you go to any of these tabs. You go to the prize picks NHL tab, and it will show you the same similar type of things. There's obviously on prize picks you get like the even numbers, threes and fours and twos that you won't get on sports books. And it'll give you the win percentages and, you know, which which side on on each win percentage. And then you could use this if you don't want to just simply, like, look. You could even manually look or download this. Like, we give you the tools to make it easy for you to find long-term profitable props and pick them picks. Like, so, I mean, I know you, Tim, Dane... Uh, Moneyball 16 also posts like little blurbs, like yep. the best picks of the day in, in this package for scores D- and odds. D- Dane is incredible. Dane is the one who makes these projections. I mean, he is ultra sharp. He had a fantastic season last season in a fairly big sample size, and he's on, on a heater this year. I mean, uh, he is probably the sharpest hockey mind in the DFS industry. And shout out to him. He does an amazing job. So make sure to follow his projections. They, they really are the best in the, in, the, in, the, in the industry. Yep, I've already had some success we, a week out. I'm st- still trying to figure out, you know, how the markets work in, in NHL. But let's, let's move on to the, the DFS slate in particular. Being someone that has n- I've never played NHL before, I'm used to – you know, I'm a projections guy. Projections, ownership. We don't have ownership up yet. But I also know that NHL is highly correlated. Yeah. So it, it there's a goal. I mean, I don't want to get into the bare basics, but there are two assists typically given on a lot of plays. So you're primarily similar to baseball where, oh, you're going to play five guys from the Phillies. You're going to play four guys from a team. You're going to play because as one as plate appearances rack up and everything like that, it's similar in NHL, Tim, to lines. Like it's yeah. you're more likely if a goal gets scored on a line, getting the assists of the people yeah. that are on the ice at the same time, as opposed to trying to find, you know, the the, the guy on the power on the on the power play two line that scores from one team, the guy on the on, on the third line that scores for another team, the guy that scores for one line on the other. Like, like I guess that would be the nut lineup. Like you would, if you want to mash buttons, like you could do in baseball, like find the eight home run. <laughs> right. Good luck yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't need right. the nut lineup in NHL, especially the NHL lobby. Like these contests aren't like huge, right? They're big. They are, they, they are today, though. They're not Millie Makers. You don't need, you don't no, need they're not Millie. They're not Millie Makers. They're not Millie Makers. Right. So, so what, what are some things? Like typically we see this, I mean, I'm, I'm going to the stacks page. Yeah. Right? This is something I would look at for, for baseball, for football, these quick stacks type of things. So we see like three, 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 two, three X, two, two, stuff like that. Yep. We also see, you know, uh, exposures for, you know, the, the owner for each team. Then we also yep. see the lines to consider L1, L2, L3, L4, PP1, PP2. Can you, can you go on a little insight on, on, I mean, my my natural inclination is like, how often am I going to play like three players from the fourth line of an underdog? Uh, 
I I would honestly probably X out line four even from a favorite um, unless there's a skater that you can add in manually who gets uh, first unit power play time, which does happen sometimes, but it's pretty rare. Uh, I don't. But is it is it for the most part for in NHL DFS that you're most likely going to be stacking guys from power from first line, second line, power play lines, pretty much. Yeah, but you could also get you can also get pretty decent value from third line guys because a lot of times the third line guys, I mean, generally you are correct, but there are some third line guys that will play on the first power play unit, and also you can stack the second power play unit. Usually, uh, second power play units play about thirty five percent of the power play time, so it's not like they're non existent on the power play. So you can get contrarian by playing a second unit power play. Um, that's a way, you know, in larger fields to, to get different. Um, but in terms of five on five stack, you know, five on five, I, I never play anybody from line four ever, you know, right. like, that's, that's, I, yeah. I mean, that's typically like the checking line. That's the, yeah. That like right. they're, they're starting their shifts usually on the defensive zone, defensive end. So they're not getting the fantasy points that you need to, to get really anything. And they usually okay. only play like 10 minutes a game, which is r- real bad, real bad scene. Uh-uh. So, so Tim, you're normally a, like a one lineup, small field. Yeah. You know, one to yeah. three lineup type of guy and not necessarily, yeah. you know, massively multi-entering and necessarily yeah. using like all the full featured tools of lineup HQ, yeah. which you can get as a premium member, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Can, can I be safe to assume that that the projections take into account the things that you mentioned? Like, the guys are only going to yes. see 10 minutes on the ice. So, like, like the likelihood of if I just simply chose – if I didn't even – if I didn't even use this column of, like, lines to consider and I just say, like, oh, I want a bunch of, uh, you know, Edmonton or I want a bunch of Colorado or something mm-hmm. like that, that projection-wise, not considering ownership – I mean, you're more likely to get, you know, power play one, line one, line two type. Yes. Of, you're, you're, it's, it's very it's very rare that it's going to be like you're going to get line four players. You're going to get, you know, right. like guys that are playing 14 minutes of ice time. You know, you like you almost don't even have to worry necessarily right. about checking all the like I have to go through every team and go, OK, I want line three here, but not there. And like you can almost let the projections do their job. Yes. But from a stacking standpoint, from a construction standpoint, heuristically, now I'm, I'm using the term heuristically. I know that there's nuance, right? <laughs> like you mentioned, well, sometimes there's a guy in this line that's a bit like, right. we want to make it as yeah. easy as possible. Just like I say in MLB, right? If you just stuck to just playing five, three, right? Or even mm-hmm. just five X. Like, yep. and just never deviated from that, as long as obviously the slate's a decent enough size, right? That you could just go your entire MLB DFS GPP career and probably not be doing anything. Right. You're, you're, you're probably going to find good things, right? Yep. Is that yep. similar to hockey, where if I just built three threes, that I'm likely not going to get into a situation where I need to assess a one off a weird thing uh, where it's like, I may not be able to play that. Or are you more likely to, to do something where you're playing three X where it's like, 
Well, give me three from one line and then a bunch of one-offs. My, my, I mean, my, my assumption at least is just click the three, three button and just build lineups. So one thing I will add is click the three, three button and then click that pair, at least one defenseman with each stack line over to the right on your main options there. Explain, explain why that would be useful. I mean, that will create a four, three, one stack. So you end up getting a defenseman with your 3-3, which just adds exposure to that team. Now, you don't have to do that, but that's a good way of making the 4-3-1 the, the, uh, stack. Then you could also uh, use a goalie for one of my stacks. So if you're assuming that you know Edmonton 1, for instance, is going to go insane and put up five goals, well you're also assuming that your goal is going to get the win. Now, I do have some issue with this, though, because if you think your team is going to dominate offensively, your goalie the other might... Team, the other team doesn't get any shots. Exactly, exactly. So I do this have... Is, this, some... is very, this is very similar, Tim, to soccer, where soccer, people right, ask that... about, I'm yeah. going to stack a team offense and then also play the goalkeeper. It's like, it's very well correlated to the win, but the yeah. ceiling for goalkeepers comes from saving 32 shots in hockey or right. six or seven saves. And you'd almost rather have the guy that gives up a goal and have and have six saves for cheaper than the guy that right. just simply gets a win with not many saves. Yeah, so I do have a little bit of issue with that theory, but it's kind of matchup dependent. If you think it's going to be a high pace, high volume game, which is a game that we'll talk to about in a, in a little bit, um, yeah, but yeah, you can use that as an option. And on FanDuel, if you play FanDuel hockey, the, the win is super important for the goalie. Saves are not as important. So I would use that tool more for FanDuel than DK. That's my opinion. Um, because the, the win is weighted uh, much higher on FanDuel and saves aren't worth as much on FanDuel. So you're, you're really chasing the win on FanDuel. Greg Heller in the chat, and feel free to post your, your NHL DFS questions because uh, Tim will answer them, not necessarily I, I. I mean, I could have a theory of what, you know, just based on general DFS play. So he says he usually plays 1,000 entry, single entry. So 1,000-person field. So that sounds in your ballpark, right? Yep. yep. Would you feel power play two is necessary to include as a possible base for my main stack? I generally go line one, line two, power play one. So would he add power play two as like a main component of his team? Um, I guess so. probably not. Probably not. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound necessary to me. Um, it's very matchup dependent, though. Um, some so some teams play their power play one like eighty percent of the time, okay, and then some teams play their power play one fifty percent of the time, okay. But that's baked into the projection. Okay, like we 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 know that information. Okay, so there are certain teams that really overload their power play one, and then there's other teams that is a true 50-50 split. So it's kind of it's kind of team dependent, but that's all baked in to the projection. Okay, so I've used the, I'm I've ne- I've never used this for hockey. I'm getting an error. Do I have to do I have to set like um. Second stack, Mac, do I have to, is this, I just want to make sure. Okay, I guess I needed to do that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. In baseball, if you just leave them the zeros, they get treated as hundreds. Right. Right. So I'm just I'm just running 20 lineups, three, three. Nothing. I've literally nothing changed. And and just you paired and you paired, paired a defenseman. Paired a defenseman. Which I which I like. Which I like. Now so it, it's giving would, me it's giving me the top. So let me go through because you're gonna yeah. have to explain stuff to me. Yeah. It's giving me uh it's giving me what it seems like wild. Islanders. So basically, yep. I'm getting power. Uh, I'm getting power play one. I mean, I'm getting a lot of cappers off because obviously, based on the projections, it seems like he's very underpriced, which yes. means that other players from his line is going to probably stick to him. Right. Yes. It's very yes. similar to baseball where you have like an un or football, like when you have this underpriced receiver or something. Next thing you know, when people set stacking rules, like, yes, like a lot of play, like you get this $2,600 batter. And another forty-four hundred dollar batter. They probably should be fifty-six hundred. Next thing you know, sixteen percent of the field has that. You know, the Minnesota Twins as a stack because their mean projection in total is very high. So that's like an that's like a way to understand what the optimizer is doing, since it's a, just a knapsack problem solver. So I'm getting uh, wild. I'm getting Islanders, and it yep. all seems like outside of one Ryan Hartman, who seems he's in the first line, but he's in the second power play unit. Correct. So you're getting uh, Minnesota one at even strength, um, hmm. and then you're getting you're getting a lot of uh, Islanders uh, even strength one and PP one. Okay, and then the other position, and so I'm getting four from the Islanders, three from the Wild. I'm getting the yep. the San Jose goalkeeper, and then I'm getting like the cheap. You're getting Coyotes. the cheapest. You're getting the cheapest goalie on the slate blunder, who is mm -hmm. the biggest underdog on the slate, okay? Mm -hmm. Who plays for the worst team in the NHL, who's playing against probably the best team in the NHL, okay? That's how much it's a good idea to punt goalie, okay? Like, because even if see... he gives up three goals, it's quite possible he still puts up enough points with all the saves. Exactly. Like, I think he's projected to give up, like, three and a half goals, which is quite high. Uh, but he's going to see a ton of volume. A ton. So that just shows you, like, so many people make the mistake of paying up, overpaying at goalie. Now, there there are a couple goalies on the slate that are more expensive that I, that I like. But, you know, it shows in the optimal, Mackenzie Blackwood, <laughs> 6,700. Uh, on the you know so and I, I don't think he'll be that high owned to be honest with you so what one thing that i notice in these lineups when we're just going by mean projection okay so this is the difference like you have to use the concepts from other sports and see how they apply to the one that you're going to be starting to play now from a mean projection we see in baseball right tim so-and-so $2,200 outfielder, right, is projected for like six, which is not very good. But for $2,200, that's a pretty good mean projection. His ceiling is probably low because he bats eighth for some garbage team. He probably mm -hmm. should be $2,900, but because he's $700 right. too cheap, right. it, it allows you to jam in like so many high mean projected players that – from a mean standpoint, 113.27, right? Not a ceiling perspective. It allows you to do all of this that you're like, okay, here's a $3,500 defender. 
Here's a $2,200 outfielder. Here's a, here's in, in football. Here's the $2,600 tight end that gets one target, right? To make right. your your dolphin stack work. Yeah. How does that apply in NHL? Because I see in a lot of these, if I just remember, these are all defaults, all just, you know, just give me mm-hmm. the highest mean projected lineup. That mm-hmm. like, it's a lot of lineups where it's like, okay, I got this line, I got that line. And then some, what seems to be, you know, Matt Roy, some right. random, random $3,300 <laughs> defender. Uh, I could see the case probably let me guess. I'm going to guess first, and then you're going to you're going to tell me. This applies very similar to soccer with cheap fullbacks on typically underdog teams, where yep. if there's not like if there's aren't defenders necessarily worth playing on a soccer slate. A lot of times you're punting one of your defender spots just so you could spend the money elsewhere. But there are also slates where there are a lot of defenders that could score double digits in soccer. That yeah. the opportunity cost at defender becomes high enough that you'd rather not punt at a defender spot because everyone has to play two and getting more points at defender where points are scarce is a premium in GPP. So right. in NHL, are you more or less inclined? I know there's probably nuance to certain players, but yeah. in general, as a heuristic, is this the type of thing where in many scenarios, you'd rather you'd rather play a kind of s- slightly cheaper line in out of your two lines that you're stacking to avoid playing like two punt defenders, or in hockey you'd rather do the you the lines are more important. The defenders are a dime a dozen, so if you have to punt in one of them, so be it. Honestly, I think I'd rather uh, pay the premium for the forwards. Usually, usually, I'd rather punt, double punt defense. Now, there's obviously nuance, like you said, it can be slate dependent, but usually, I'm I'm punting at least one of my defense spots, if not two. Now, having said that, I play some smaller field tournaments, right, Blunder? Like. If you are playing the $15, you know, 50K up top tonight, you know, maybe, you know, you want to pay up at defense to be contrarian. Um, There is, there are some incredibly strong offensive defensemen, right? Um, That are premium offensive players. Uh, They tend to be pretty expensive, but their floors are usually more solid because they play more minutes. Defenders in hockey play more minutes than forwards. Like a premium defender in hockey, okay, will play like 25 minutes. Whereas like a premium forward in hockey will play like 20. So, I mean, that's a that's a significant difference. Um, so we'll talk about like a guy like Roman Yossi for the Predators. He's $7,300 tonight. He is one of the best offensive uh, defensemen in all of hockey. All right. He's going to play probably 26, 27 minutes. Um, Edmonton is a uh, an amazing offensive team, but they, they struggle defensively. And so he would be a guy that I, I would be happy to pay up for, whether it be in small field or large field tournaments. So I take a look here at a line, like here's the 10th line up here. 
scrolling through, right? 49-3. It has, you know, the four Islanders, Nelson, Engvall, Palmieri, Dobson. Then it has Paul Hagel Kucherov from yep. the Lightning. Then yep. you get the Dallas goalkeeper and then Darnell Nurse, the 4,700-all defender from Edmonton, who plays on yep. the first line and power play. So it seems like someone like Darnell Nurse is someone that, like, that's you're not punting a defender there. Like, he could actually, he could get an assist. He's more, he's on the second power play unit. He's on the first, like, he's someone that can possibly score points. Yeah, and he plays for a tremendously strong offensive team, right? Eddie plays a ton of minutes. Now, that lineup that you're showing right there, I I would never play that lineup. I think it's garbage. <laughs> but that's just uh, okay, my opinion. Explain, explain just, why, because I look at well, this and I go, I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm very – I'm just bare well, Nicholas from the Paul, it's like it seems like Nicholas Paul is the center for the third line, even though he's but on he the does, power play He one does unit. get PP1, though. He does get PP1, and he's only 4,400. So that's okay. I'm just very bearish on the Lightning in general. Uh, they're actually underdogs in this game. Uh, playing on the road, which is a a, a big difference. Um, so just that I'm just looking at that one lineup. I'm not a huge fan of that, but okay. How about uh, this one? How about this? This is how about this this how about this is a lineup that plays two lines from the same game. So can yep. can is there is there any correlative effects? Anti, you know, negative or positive? Because I want to get to could be Travis's question in the chat, like. Is there such a thing as a game stack? Like, is that a th- like like in soccer? Let 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 me be clear. I'm going to relate this to soccer. Mm-hmm. Now, soccer possession is not linear. Like soccer, uh, one team could have the ball 80 percent of the time. I mean, it's not the type of thing where it goes back and forth a lot, right? As opposed to basketball, where once a ba- right. team gets a basketball, it's back, it's, basketball it's back and forth. Yeah. It's always right, going right, to be right. back and forth. Right. right in soccer, yeah. the the bigger the favorite, the more likely that that team is going to have more and more possession, which means that even if the game is four to two in soccer, the two goals that get scored by the underdog a lot of times aren't on a sustained possession; they're on break. There, well, it would be called counters, mm-hmm. right? Where yep. the other side is not going to score many peripheral points because they're just not getting many shots. It's just right. that on a on a counter, you know, they intercept the pass, they hit a long ball down, and the forward scores. Well, all their all all the wingers for the the soccer team, like they're not getting cross points, they're not getting tackles, one, they're not getting any of this stuff, even though the team has scored. But in games where the teams are even, and it's a high total, like we see, like uh, something like Barcelona versus Real Madrid, or something like that, where the total in the soccer game could be three and a half. Like Barcelona may be only like a minus 140 favorite. Like that's more of the game where both sides are going to get enough possession. And if a lot of goals get scored, like you could stack, consider a game stack. But in most of the, most of the time in soccer, you're primarily kind of playing like guys from one team and hoping that they get all the possession and all, and, you know, shoot the ball a lot. How does that apply to hockey? So I think it falls somewhere in the middle between soccer and basketball. Like it's, you're not going to get 80% possession from one team in hockey. That won't happen. But what I like to do, for for example, like if I think Minnesota is going to dominate possession and put up, put up a ton of shots against 
uh, Montreal. I might add in a Montreal defender because he'll get the block shot bonus. Okay. So a guy like David Savard, who's 3,400 for Montreal, I might add him into a, into a Minnesota stack uh, because I know that there's going to be a lot of shots that he could potentially be blocking. Okay. And he's cheap enough that if he gets the, the three block bonus and maybe a couple shots, that'll be good enough, you know? Um, so that's the kind of, but normally I would say game stacks are just come up organically like they do in baseball, right? Like you don't game stack baseball, right? But sometimes right, it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't really matter. Right. But sometimes you get two really strong offensive teams and their prices align. So you can play them together. Um, there's one like that at Edmonton Nashville game. I love for DFS tonight. Okay. Both sides. So if I was building 150 teams in that $15 tournament tonight, I'd be getting a lot of exposure to Edmonton Nashville, regardless if they're on the same lineup or not, you know, because I just, I, I like that game just in general. Could be Travis in the chat asks, is there any intuitive he calls it anti-correlation, negative correlation in hockey to consider. For example, opposing centers in NBA are two high-volume scorers from the same team, like Levine and DeRozan. So we're talking about salary-based. So basically, what like the classic example in NBA would be something like like LeBron and AD for the Lakers, or Steph. Or the, the 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 classic one is Steph Curry and Kevin Durant on the old Warriors. Right where they're right, both right, right. priced at like 10K, which right. means in NBA, a 10K player, in order to hit a, like a GPP winning ceiling, you want like 70 points from them. But it's quite unlikely that like they both have 70 points. Typically when one has 70, the other one only has like 45 and 45 ain't going to cut it. So you probably, on a especially on a larger slate, probably ceiling wise, they're negatively correlated that you wouldn't at their prices. If they both were 3K, you'd play them both, no problem. But at their prices, you wouldn't want to play them together. Does that apply in any regard in NHL? It certainly applies if you can find two expensive guys um, on a team that have no correlation. If they don't play together at even strength or on the power play, that's that's bad news, right? You don't want you don't want those does that, guys. Does that happen a lot? Are there are there pl not, players? That's where... very, that's, it's very rare. It's very it's very. I, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head um, where that where that happens. Um, but you you don't you do not want to. I mean, really, you don't even really want two mid range guys that don't correlate. You know, like you have to have correlation in hockey. Like you you have you have to. Um, so, uh, you, you've got to find the guys that skate together. Um, and so it's, I, I can't really think of an example of two expensive guys that have no correlation. So I'm it's not something, so this is not the type of thing that like, if you use our quick stacks feature our stacking yep. page for lineup HQ, like we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is there a need, heuristically... Is there a need to even use like groups of like, don't play this guy and this guy in the same lineup. Don't play that guy and that guy in the same lineup. Right. Is I there? Would, I would say the short answer would be no. Okay. Um, yeah. There would be unique it's... exceptions, but generally, yes. generally yes. you, if you net, if that's why I want to, I want to be, this is like a 500 foot view. Right. Heuristically, just like in baseball, right. Five man stack, just go, well, can I do four? Yeah, you you can do four, but if you just always did five, you'd never be wrong. You may right. make slightly better lineups that are four man on certain slates, but if you didn't want to have to go into that, you just do that. So, like, if you didn't want to have to deal with it, and you're just like I'm going to build three three lineups, pair at least one defenseman with my stack line. So essentially, I'm building four three one type of lineups, uh, and I never use groups, and I used our projections. And compared them to ownership when it comes out. Right. I mean, ownership, I mean, we haven't really talked about ownership, right? Like, right. Well, because I, I don't right. want to talk about it because it's it's uh, it's not up on the screen. Right. I, I, I want it more. I know. I want to get the construct. Like, dude, right. if you're playing baseball, MLB DFS, and you're playing eight right. one-offs, it doesn't matter right. what the ownership is. You're kind of, you're, you're kind of playing wrong, no matter right. what you're doing. So, That's like, a, I want to yeah. make sure at least yes. the first thing that I'm doing, right, you're teaching me, Tim. Right. I'm right. I'm trying to figure this out. So mm-hmm. if I just just did that, what I'm getting right now and let's move on to the next point. I'm getting a lot of the Islanders. And mm-hmm. I haven't heard you mention you're like, oh, you want to play this game. You want to play that game. Uh, I'm going to assume you tell me otherwise that I'm getting a lot of Islanders because their medians are good for their price in combination. Yes. yes. But medians aren't necessarily the only thing that you should be looking at i'm concerned um one i think they'll have high ownership okay and and two um i'm concerned um that this is going to be a low paced game like not a very like not very much up and down like yes the islanders should control possession but they are notoriously bad uh, finishers, okay? They don't score a lot of goals. Uh, they're kind of a more defensive-minded team. Um, so, yes, I understand why their mean projection is so good because they are a little bit cheap. But I, I have overall kind of macro concerns uh, with with that stack. Um, would, I don't... would you compare it to, Tim, would you compare it to like an NFL Right. NFL. Yep. A lot of times you'll get like, uh, uh, well, 
the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Dobbs is 5,200. Marquise Brown is 4,700. Zach Ertz is 3,000. Um, uh, Wilson is like 3,200. And it's like, like, yeah, there it's a, and you're stacking. You're like, I want to do an onslaught. And you put that onslaught stack into lineup HG, you have it run. And it's like, wow, I'm getting a lot of Cardinal, Arizona Cardinals lineups. And you look and you go, yeah, from a mean perspective, they're, they're cheaper than what they should be, but they're also the Arizona Cardinals. Well, so, so the, like, the Islander, the Islanders, decent, they, have a, they have a total of 19, like, unless you think they're going to significantly overperform their total, like maybe you don't win a GBP with a Cardinals stack. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm looking at a bunch of Zach Ertz on the page. Like he okay. always projects really well. Right. But uh, he's really not, not that great. Uh, I think the Islanders have a three point three point three two total, which on this slate uh, is not it's not amazing. Um, this game has like a five and a half total, I think. Uh, so I mean, this is this is projected to be like a, a low paced kind of slog. I, I, that's that's my feeling anyway. And I think it's just their prices that brings them into the optimizer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're fine. I, I'm not I'm not playing them in my single ball tonight. I can tell you that much. Especially if they're going to be chalk. If they're going to be if they're going to be popular, then nah. It's, it's, it. you, you think think in the same terms of of uh, Zach Ertz is 32% owned on an NFL main. Exactly. Lane. It's like, exactly. Do you want to eat Zach Ertz chalk with no yards after the catch? Yeah. Right. That, right. Like, like probably. Right. We see it because we see that in NFL, right? We see Wandale Robinson at three K is going to be like 22% owned. You're like a guy that runs two yard routes, like is probably not going to kill me. And if I, if I'm under on that guy, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of your thinking when it comes to the Islanders today. Yeah, and I would and I would say if the Islanders are going to be popular, uh Carol uh Vamalka is the Coyotes goalie tonight. He's 7k. Uh, punt punt with uh with him and get some leverage against all these Islanders stacks. There's a I mean concept, that direct direct leverage. I was going to ask you right. are there any other I would figure obviously playing the Goalkeeper against a popular team that's being played. Right. Uh, are there any other versions of like, let's say for I'm I'm using an example. You have to tell me if this would be considered leverage. Everyone's playing the Avalanche one line, and uh, the two line is like a third of the ownership, for and they're projected to score a lot of points, and. So I'm just going to play the second line instead of the first line. Is that is that a thing for leverage? Uh, de- it's definitely a thing. Uh, definitely a thing maybe for really large field tournaments uh, because uh, most top lines are, you know, usually so much better raw points than second and third lines, but they're also way more expensive. So you can use those pieces as like secondary pieces, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean... That is leverage, but I prefer that goalie route as leverage over what you just mentioned. Okay, like so it's not the type. Typically, if the team, if you said, if you told me that a team 
it's it's uh it's very similar to s- soccer. So for yeah. instance, in soccer, if you told me Manchester City scores five goals, like you're probably like, and everyone's gonna play their forward and their set piece taker, right? They're gonna be yeah. like the there are three front line guys, and everyone's like the most popular teams are gonna have they're all I'm gonna all gonna be owned. Now, one guy may be slightly higher than the other guy, but the whole all three three frontline players are to chalk of the slate because they're projected yep. to score five goals. And then it's yep. like, well, for leverage, instead of playing any of the three guys, I played a defensive midfielder and the center back. And the point is, is that if Manchester City scores five goals, like you're not going to get five goals from a defensive. Like it's not going to be the game where when they score five, it's going to all come from defensive midfielders and center backs. When they score five goals, at least one of the front lines, like it's going to be right. from the front. Maybe only two of them get there and not all three. Maybe only one of them get there and not all three. But the reason you'd be playing the defensive midfielder or center back in that scenario is that you're going for a result where Man City don't score five goals. They only score yeah. one goal, and it just yeah. so happens to come from a random player that's not one of their frontline players. Like, you're not doing this leverage thing of, well, they're going to score, like in football, everyone's playing the passing stack, but what happens if they score 27 points on the ground and I'd play the running back? Like, that is a thing in football, but in soccer, it's it's just, you're not going to, you're not going to get a fullback that gets a brace. Like it just, they, they don't play close enough to the goal that it happens often enough that when they do score a lot, you kind of know where they're coming from. And is that the similar NHL in your attitude of like, yes. this hockey team is going to score a whole bunch of goals. Like if you either play the guys that are much more likely to score those goals, or you just don't play the team at all. So there, there's one exception to this and it's on this slate and I want to talk about it. It's okay. this Carol. It's this Carolina San Jose game. Okay, Carolina is the best team in the NHL. San Jose, the worst team. Okay, the problem about playing Carolina is that they have three really strong lines, so you don't know where the goals are going to come from. That's why you're not seeing the optimizer spitting out a bunch of Carolina players, despite the fact that they have the largest implied team total on the board, right? They're projected is, is to that, score. Is that similar? I always want to relate it to other sports for people that yep. are tuning in. Yeah. Is that very similar to like a football team? Like we have like a team like, let's say, let's say the 49ers at full strength, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, right. Well, all these guys, like these guys are like the 49ers are projected to score 30 points. But right. McCaffrey's 9,500. Debo's 7,000. Ayuk is 6,700. Kittle is 52. Like I'm raising their prices. Right. And like Purdy is expensive at decently 6,400 a quarterback. And you're like, yeah, well, they're going to score 30 points. But like it's quite possible they score 30 points and none of these guys pay off their salaries because it gets spread around. So you're, are you saying very similarly that maybe Carolina scores five goals, but it comes from all different lines and like, exactly. No one gets there. Or it could be that they score five goals and it all comes from one line and you need that one. Right. So Carolina would be a team. If Carolina won were to be chalky tonight, I would say if we went to Carolina two or three, 
that would be a great place to get leverage. Now, I'm not anticipating, based off our initial projections, that Carolina isn't going to be that popular. But if they, if Carolina won were to be popular, I would definitely get some leverage in large field GPP by going to Carolina 2 or even Carolina 3. I mean, that, that team is so deep and so good that it's like you could, you could play any of them. Uh, I got a question. Uh, the sal- it, if you left money on the table, is that a is is that a big deal or not a big deal? Uh, I would say it's similar to baseball. You know, it's not really. I mean, I you're probably I, not I leaving will... eight thousand on the table. But if oh you left right, no, no, no. no. But if, if you leave if you leave a thousand on the table, go for it. You know what I mean? Go for it. Okay, I'm gonna run a hundred lineups just to see what comes up in our projections, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do we, do we, I mean, we don't have ownership in, I'm just, I just want to see, cause like the first 20 that came up with the three, three construction, there was no Carolina at all. Right. Right. So we're right. running through these and with correlation, we also, uh, it's to be clear, projections are means. Okay. What, what I think people get stuck a lot of times using tools like lineup HQ is not understanding the range of outcomes of projections. So for instance, in in MLB, a lot there are a lot, there have been a lot of slates, especially late in the year, Tim, where if you ran mean projections, you wouldn't get five-man Dodgers stacks or five-man Brave stacks because the players are just very expensive. And to have five of them in your lineup. Like right. you'd have to play possible. some $5,400 pit, right? Like it, right. the mean projection goes down, but the Braves could put up 12 runs. The Dodgers could, these guys, these teams could put up all the correlative effect of having five guys in your lineup theoretically raises your mean projection because they're all yeah. correlated to one another, right? So it's not just if this guy hits their mean, this guy's much more likely to hit the mean. This is much more likely to happen as opposed to eight random players together. So, like, I don't mind in baseball playing lineups that are 8, 10 points lower projected mean-wise, but they have a high team total team, and I'm playing multiple – I'm playing the Phillies with Schwarber and Harper and Real Muto. And, like, the mean projection doesn't look that great, but, like, well, if the Phillies put up 10 runs, I – that those 10 mean projected points I make up for because I got all the Phillies in my lineup. So I'm running 100 lineups here. I'm using the team stack summary. And you see here, I'm getting Islanders, Canadians, Wild, Oilers, right? I got one Carolina lineup, right? <laughs> Stahl, Martinook, and it's the third line. Yeah, it's the third. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and to me, this is why I love our projections. Because our projections know this about Carolina. Because they know we know that they spread out their ice time and they're so strong top to bottom that really, you know, it's hard to it's hard to figure out who's going to get the scoring. Um, I would I would say okay. So if the islands are going to be chalky and they have like a low ceiling because they play more defensively, yeah. But the Canadians, because in the Canadians I see Monahan, Anderson, Caulfield, Savard, right. And then you still I do get like I, I do like I do like I do like Savard quite a bit just as a value piece. 
Um, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not very high in Montreal tonight. I, I love that we're getting to a lot of Edmonton, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, obviously. I lo- uh, Minnesota, to me, is good chalk. That's, my, that's just my opinion, okay? I think Minnesota's good chalk. Um, I would give a boost. I mean, if Carolina is really going to be that low owned, I, w- I would say, you know, I would give them a boost. Um, if you're, you know, doing, doing edits, right. Like just because they have such a high implied team total. And if the field's going to say, forget it, I don't want to deal with this. I would take some shots on, on them for sure. So how about a line like this, like a lineup, like, like, like here's Minnesota one paired yeah, with I, Winnipeg's one. Yeah. See that to me, that's pretty decent. That's a pretty decent team right there. I like that. Team. Okay. So you see, yeah. so, I mean, even just using our projections and lineup HQ, I mean, like, are you seeing anything in these teams that are like, here's a, here's, here are the Minnesota teams. Here's, it fits a lot of LA. Here's a Buffalo, yeah. a Buffalo yeah. three. With, with a, with a uh, Josie one-off too, which I love. Right. I love that. Right. Uh, and Connor Hellebach would would be the one expensive goalie that I would pay up for tonight if I were to pay up at goalie. Mm. So, so then, like, I, so so if I if I if I saw this is a forty seven thousand six hundred lineup, right? It leaves yeah. twenty four hundred on the well, table. But you look at this lineup with Buffalo's Buffalo three, Minnesota power play one, Josie one off, and and the Winnipeg goalkeeper. Like, yeah, I, I if might I were to try... just say, I'm, if, if I told you I played this lineup, would you look at me and go, what a fish? <laughs> or would you look at me and go, acceptable? Um, I would try to maybe pay up off of one of those Buffalo guys. You know what right, I'm saying? This is, the, this is the third line, right? Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying? Like maybe, right. maybe I don't have to leave twenty four hundred. I could probably probably spend right. You could you could find somebody better off those Buffalo guys. Maybe right. add a Minnesota, uh, a Minnesota player. Right. So I'm looking at the Minnesota and the Minnesota guys. Like here's Edmonton. Like if I played something like this, like here's a forty nine nine lineup, Minnesota. You know, but I'm, this is Minnesota's two from the, the basically power play two line. Yeah. Right. And then Edmonton's one. And then some some cheap defender one off, like. But I I, mean, I, I, know I really you're... I really, lo- I really like that team. That's okay. I, like if you played that in GPP, I would say that's strong. And also, this, like is that. Like that. this is leverage. This is leverage off of Caprizov. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Caprizov is going to be the and you've got player. and you've got McDavid and Drysital and Hyman who have huge ceilings in this matchup. So I mean, um. I, I like that team. Okay, I'm, that's a team. I, how about this? Yeah. For the sake of it, this is the team I'm going to play. And whatever, <laughs> there's, there's probably some cheap single entry or something. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing this there, exact. There, team. There's a there's a twelve dollar. Throw it in the twelve dollar. Okay, okay I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing this team. Okay. Okay. So because I need to get used to it. like like dude Tim. The more that me and you talk, the more unlikely that I'm going to be playing NHL DFS. You would you would love NHL DFS. You because would, look, because look, everything that I explained. I mean, we're going to be getting out of here soon. I mean, this whole show. I mean, is this is NHL DFS? I mean, it's like it's the same as like teaching someone how to play MLB DFS. 
Exactly. Kind of like, like I, I came into this show. I don't know who's on the wild. I don't know who's on the Oilers. I don't know. I don't know, but I know DFS game theory that like I piece together what I know from other sports and go, well, yeah, it's the same concepts. It's just how much does correlation matter? How much does leverage matter? How much does mean projection matter versus ceiling projection? And mm-hmm. then construction wise, you know, just not not doing anything like stupid. Maybe not being the smartest, right? I don't know the right. individual play. Like I wouldn't have played this guy instead of that guy. That's a nuance. That's a non-heuristic type of thing. But like if you're telling me that like I could just go to lineup HQ and kind of look through and build some lineups and get used to this, like like wait till you see, wait till you'll see uh, the ownership for that team. You'll be you'll be so excited. I, 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 is the Edmonton one line like going to be low owned today? Not low owned, but I mean that secondary wild stack is going to be low owned. Edmonton is <clears throat> very expensive, so that'll bring the ownership down. You know, so that that team's not going to be low uh, high owned at all. <clears throat> Greg Heller in the chat says, uh, Blender, I converted to NHL being my favorite over MLB in about a week. Said so you don't yeah. have to wait for the batting order to come around to recognize correlation. Yeah. Like you don't uh, have one, to wait, like like, yeah. like I can right. build these lineups right now. Obviously, ownership isn't in. Right. But the project, but the is there gonna be anything or gonna be I I've always seen like line changes. Is there anything that I yep. need to look at? I mean, typically I'm not building my lineups until like a half an hour before the slate anyway. Yeah. But like if I played this line, if I entered this lineup right now, other than one of these guys like literally being scratched, is there anything that would make me go, I need I desperately need to go and change my life? No. I mean, other than a, a pre-warm-up line change, which you have to come to Discord, okay? You know, 30 minutes before the game, uh Dane and I are always in there. We update everything instantly. We let you know immediately if there's any changes that need to be made. And that's it. So as that's long for as correlation you... primarily. It's just like exactly. you're playing four guys from the same line. You think yeah. you are, but one of these guys is no longer going to play on that line, is going to play on another right. line. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So make sure if you play NHL DFS, you head over to the Discord because that is a extremely valuable tool rotogrinders.com slash discord. You could join it. You could join it for free, right? It's yep. available. Rotogrinders.com slash discord. Tim, you're you're at on Twitter at tasteful tides, right? Even yep. though you don't tweet that much. But you're in but but you're in the NHL Discord. I'm always in the NHL Discord. Always. So people can hit you up if they have questions. Yeah. Especially yep. newbie questions, because maybe I'll yep. even be in there and as I'll ask you. It's like Am I am I stupid for doing this? Like like kind of like I need those kind of checks of like that's why I asked you, is this right. a line that is makes me look stupid? Like you don't have to tell me it's good. It's more of the thing of like when I started playing N- NBA DFS, I did the same thing of like like uh yeah I don't know anything. Uh, this seems this seems fine. Does this right. make me look stupid? And if the answer is no, it doesn't like you look stupid. Like that's all I need to. You don't have to tell me if it's good. If it's something you would do, it's just like, yeah, that would be a competitive lineup, or you know, that would be that yeah. that that I wouldn't look at if like that, that lineup like that line or a lot, like that lineup that you're putting in the twelve dollar. I think that's a right. competitive lineup. 
I wouldn't play it in single entry like myself right. in a lower lower field, okay. Mm. But in a higher field, you know, more people type contest, I, I would play that. I play right, that. okay, which is what I I focus on more. I focus more on large field than on smaller field. So right, like right. I don't mind fading the highest owned player on the slide. I mean, I don't mm. I don't mind building lineups that are higher variance. Right, right. So Tim, beginner's luck. Am I am I am I winning fifty k tonight? Uh, <laughs> I hope you do. I really hope on you one do. lineup. On one I really lineup. hope you do. I hope I'm you gonna do. put it. I'm okay. gonna put it into the main fifteen. I'll also put it into some like you know three dollar two to whatever five dollars something or others. Yeah, and I'll see how it. I mean, obviously, it's not gonna. Like, whatever happens is not gonna affect if I do anything. But yeah. but thanks for. I mean. You you would I mean, love this, NHL DFS. You really it seems would. like I, I'm. You see my face. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is this is doable. Like I could, like I'm already looking at the NHL projections for for props. Like there's no reason why yeah. I can't go through and. I wanted to, I I wanted to talk about one prop with you. Uh, okay, we, what's uh, before we get out, uh, Cap Kaprizov has a line for three and a half shots on goal at mm -hmm. minus one thirty on Bet Bet MGM. And we have him projected for for four and a half shots. Um, so that's a pretty that's big. Good. Yeah, I would think. Right, I would think that's positive. Minus, minus well, minus one thirty is about like 50, 56 and a half percent win probability, and yeah. four and a half would be above that three. Yeah, so if you got that, right. on, it would be it would be good on Prize Pick. So it would be good at minus one thirty. So so that okay. that should be a value I, there. I wanted to make sure because that that would be my pick tonight uh, for a prop. Yeah. Okay, Tim. Thanks for coming on. You'll you make sure I'll uh, make sure that uh, NHL days. Maybe we'll have some a little bit more NHL days on 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 this show. Uh, Sounds good. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll learn more and we could talk more like slate specific stuff and not just I'm a newbie. Yep. What 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 are the basic things? But I'm assuming that a lot of people in the chat that do not play NHL DFS got a lot out of today's show. Send in your questions, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Send in questions to the mailbag. Hit hit Tim up with the NHL stuff in the Discord. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord is the URL. So go there. It'll lick you there. It's in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Because I'm here. That's uh, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern. Talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy, props, and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>